everyone. It is Peter Miller for Smarter Than BPD. Today I am bringing you episode 11, wherein we are going to discuss a model that I have used to understand better how things link together. That being how things happen, how I think about things happening, leading to how I feel, and then behaviors which usually tend to make life harder than they need to be. So this, I think, is going to be very important um, for anyone who has struggled with borderline personality disorder and any milder and related conditions, depressive disorders, anxiety disorders, to listen to and to gain a firm understanding um, so that they can help themselves uh, move forwards and untangle themselves from from the internal chaos and the unnecessary drama in their lives. So this model is borrowed from cognitive appraisal theory, which was introduced in 1984 by Richard Lazarus and Susan Folkman. It also has a lot of uh, connections to cognitive behavioral theory in that, you know, you're looking at how cognitions and behaviors and thoughts are all linked together, as I was saying. So with this one, I guess one of the first things I wanted to mention was, you know why people tend to have a lot of unnecessary stress and drama in their lives and with each other? I, I think one of the main things that people don't recognize is that, like number one, they are running on autopilot much of the time, meaning that they don't see themselves. They don't have self-awareness established yet. So things just sort of seem to be happening and not really knowing, you know, why. And, you know, from an internal perspective, how am I looking at the world and how am I making sense of things? You know, what are my feelings that I'm having that I'm having? None of that is kind of accounted for when you're running on autopilot. And the next thing, like why people, again, there's lots of arguing and un unnecessary drama, is that people believe their assumptions. They believe their assumptions without taking the time to think things through. Every, everything is kind of rushed, right? And... Remember how I was saying that we live in, in a rushed way, often in the, you know, the modernized, industrialized world, right? Like, like they say time is money and, you know, everything is sort of on a, on a, on a, on a schedule uh, and there isn't much like opportunity to, to discuss things, I guess, at length or reflect. We sort of have to get things done and we don't really... You don't have time to think twice about it. So there's a lot of assuming that happens. And like one of the things I learned working in the clinic where I do, we did this special exercise one day um, when we were working in a group. And I should just give you the gist of this exercise so that you can kind of grasp the a truth that our, most of our initial thoughts about things uh, are wrong so like we are assuming a lot of the time 
and we are flat out wrong uh, much of the time about what we think is happening. So this exercise, we're all sitting around a table and um, we have a, a piece of paper and a pencil and the facilitator or sort of, sorry, the, um, I guess sort of just the, the person who's going to lead the exercise has an object in their hand. It could be anything, right? Like it could be uh, a stapler or anything, but the, the people in the group don't know what it is. So that person holds the object under the table and uh, that person's job is to um, describe the object to all of the group members in a objective, like non-judgmental way. So you can't say what the object is. <clears throat> so as the person is describing the object, um, you know, by some of its dimensions and if it has straight edges or corners or, or what have you. So that person does this describing and then everyone else uh, tries to draw on the paper what they think is being described. Uh, and also, no, no one shows their drawing to anyone else until the end. So what do you think happens as this exercise occurs? And, and by the way, every time this exercise was run in our clinic, like it, we got the same result at the end. And the result was that everyone who tried to draw the described object came up with something absolutely unique uh, to them and different from the others. And do you think that the drawing looked very much like the described object? Uh, and the answer is no. So, I mean, they were going on their first impression, right, of what they thought was being described and i mean they were pretty far out pretty far out there in terms of what they drew it was uh, and you'd really be surprised at, at how different each person uh each person's conception of the object was but that's like not the only kind of evidence that people rely on assumptions and they believe their assumptions much of the time like if you are working on your mental health and you're doing like thought uh, analysis like thought behavior or sorry uh, um, a thought diary using any of the cognitive behavioral therapy apps that are out there for you know on your phone or doing it on paper um, you realize that your initial uh, interpretations and perceptions and assumptions of events are not not truthful they are they are loaded with um, biases and distortions and um, and don't reflect reality they don't have enough of the facts to be a reflection of what you know the is actually happening in life situations that's usually what you discover when you do when you do a, a thought journal. That's what I meant to say earlier, or you could call it lots of things, right? A thought diary, thought analysis, any of these CBT exercises. So 
this model um, and you need to come to smarter than bpd.info I have it laid out in a picture form in one of my PowerPoint slides so that you can see exactly what it looks like so there is an event part and then you have an interpretation like how do I make sense of this event and then there is the emotions and then you have your self-talk and then you have your new event and as you can imagine like in real life right like we're when we're just living moment to moment this happens fast and if you don't learn how to break it down then you can't self-reflect in a way that you can see uh, yourself in action um, and you can see what's going on with how you're trying to make sense of things so you have to kind of like use like a model like this and, and even if you like uh, get out a piece of paper and you just copy this model and you just keep working it through every day like um, you know from something that happens and how did I think about this event and what kinds of emotions did it lead to right so then you can start to see that oh like I really did do it myself even though it seemed to happen or come from other sources like I made my own emotions and then based on my emotions I chose my my action or my behavior uh, I also have provided an example from my own life uh, in this uh, section where I I explained this in another episode where, but where I, I ran a school bus stop sign you know those little stop signs on the on the bus that they, when they stop and they're letting a kid come on or off the bus and anyway um, when I was in the oncoming traffic I I went through one of those one day and um, and immediately my thoughts were that I was in big trouble and you know I'm going to have a, a huge fine and uh, you know everybody everyone who saw it is judging me and um, you know and I'm going to have like problems that I can't handle basically so I had this all these cognitive distortions and you can see that I have them listed here uh, in the diagram uh, at the blog so again come check it out like you can see I ran the school bus sign I made an interpretation that I made a bad mistake I'm going to be in big trouble uh, there's no tolerance for these things it's going to cost me more than I can afford so I was in terms of cognitive distortions I was fortune telling I was doing magnification I was doing uh, c catastrophizing and and then after I had that uh, initial thought I was feeling tons of fear and shame and guilt and feeling out of control and lots of difficult emotions um, which then led me to do more of the same kind of thinking you know the the bus driver thinks I'm terrible so I'm reading the bus driver's mind and and I'm in big trouble I'm fortune telling again and um, I'm always doing dumb things uh, which is over generalization or calling myself an idiot so I'm labeling myself and I should know better should thoughts right and then so what happened is that I I immediately um, tr started looking up information on the internet about how much trouble I was going to be in um, but I just wanted to share that with you so you can see that like how how um, over the top that was and basically wrong um, because that event turned into uh, absolutely nothing um, there was no um, 
ticket that I was given. There was no fine. There was no no one coming after me to scold me. There was like uh, no one came to judge me. It was all assumption and I did it completely to myself. So this is what happens like over and over and over in many people's lives, right? They, they run on their assumptions. They don't have a good balance between their emotions and their rational mind. So they don't have what's called wise mind. So, uh, you know, through doing these self reflections and learning other skills like self validation and, and practicing other things like mindfulness, uh, you can start to slow things down and, um, and figure out new ways to think about things and take care of your emotions in the process. Like after that event happened, um, I, I'm, I was lucky enough at the time, and this is also something that you can do is to, you know, talk to someone who understands mental health, of course, and um, help get their help for you to work through that event. Um, so my, my helpful colleague uh, helped me to um, settle down the emotions first and foremost right like i've been saying in the episodes to settle down the you know the the fear and the the guilt and the shame and you know that it's understandable that i could feel that way right it's there is some validity to my feelings because i don't want to hurt people and i you know and i don't want to mess things up with my my finances or undermine my um my life so that i can't pay my bills like i care about being responsible and uh, being like a good citizen, right? Um, so it's understandable that I could have those feelings. And so my colleague helped me to, you know, make some of those uh, validations and then to kind of think about the situation like, okay, how much danger am I really in here? And what are some of the facts that I'm probably ignoring about, um, about what could, you know, what's actually potentially going to take place. So some of those things um, that I was um, ignoring, I'll just note here. So one of the things, and I have these listed too at smarterthanbpd.info very, uh, very plainly is that um, some of the facts, the bus was in the oncoming lane. So um, that is sort of a more of a, a novel situation for me. I don't usually experience the bus putting the stop sign out in the oncoming lane. So that's, it's an unusual driving situation for me. Um, I was paying attention to the road. So, you know, my hands were on the wheel, my eyes were on the road, but I just, my mind wasn't like considering that, um, that part of driving. So I was also um, singing along to some music like a lot of people do, which is a little bit of distraction, but I mean, not like breaking any laws or anything. Um, and as I was saying, uh, I do value the safety of uh, children. And another fact was that no one came out into the road. I didn't have to swerve or miss any any children. I didn't hit a child. So all these things, I when I made my first interpretation, um, I wasn't thinking about. So I was all my fear, guilt and shame didn't didn't keep those didn't factor those things in. So after I factored those in, 
I was able to make some adjustments. And instead of assuming like the worst was going to happen to me, I switched to thinking that, you know, nothing had happened, nothing terrible had happened. I could face whatever potential consequences might come from this. It wouldn't ruin my life. Um, and I was kind of less unforgiving of myself because I really had no intent to hurt anybody. Um, and, I, and I do value safety. And I'm allowed to be imperfect, right? Like who isn't allowed to be imperfect? Stuff happens, we don't mean it. It just, you know, we make mistakes. So I stopped heavily judging myself to kind of like, you know, being less down or sorry, less on that, uh, on that type of thing because of my intentions. I didn't intend to hurt anybody. Okay. So in the last part here, I have a new interpretation, which leads to a new emotion. And that is that I did make a mistake going through the sign, but it's not a habit. It's not, it wasn't purposeful on my part. I, I feel a little bit guilty, but I don't need to be like beating myself up like a nine out of 10 guilt or shame. And, um, you know, I can't control what others might think about my mistakes. Um, people will make judgments and that's not gonna kill me and it won't be the end of the world. Uh, if I did receive a fine, I could deal with it. And it's okay to be imperfect, as I was saying. Uh, and it's very low probability that the, this kind of situation would completely ruin my, my life and make it impossible for me to take care of other responsibilities. And so what would I do next time, right? I'll try to be more mindful of that situation. I'll learn from it. So it's always good to ask yourself, what will I do different next time? And I've said that in other podcast episodes. We do have to take it easy on ourselves when we're learning all these things, right? And, and again, like if we did not have the, you know, very kind of specific training like this, like for years and years while we were going through our childhood and adolescence, like why would we have these kinds of skills to rapidly sort out our thoughts and emotions, right? We don't live in a society that teaches these things on a regular recurring basis. Um, I think we live in a society that generally deprioritizes mental health like everything almost else is more important which is sad but it's true right and so but if you recognize that then you can while you're going through this learning process you can be like gosh like it, it's it took years for me to learn how to like read and write and use numbers competently so it's you know it's going to take me some time to learn how to self-reflect and um, kind of automatically be able to use some of these skills that i wasn't taught when i was uh, when i was growing up but you can learn these skills and it can become more or less automatic it's just a matter of like anything else that you did to learn in life. Lots of, of practice, lots of uh, repetition, uh, lots of using some of the tools that, you know, are available to learn new things. I remember like lots of other things in my life that I've learned that took um, time and that I really wanted to learn. But, you know, I had to uh, fall down and 
and pick myself up and make mistakes and go back and what can I do different next time? Like one of my favorite pastimes when I was a teenager was skateboarding and snowboarding and I really enjoyed the um, the time with my friends and being able to learn how to do something on the skateboard or on the snowboard. Um, but nothing came like instantly, right? And you're probably familiar with this process for many things you've learned in your life. And uh, but really, this this mental health uh, skill and learning is is not much different. Uh, if you want to uh, learn it, then you can. And it's just um, a matter of taking the time and sometimes putting things down on paper or using some of the available tools like the 50 free phone apps that are available at um, Smarter Than BPD. If you scroll down the page there at smarterthanbpd.info, you'll see there's 50 free phone apps. Um, one of the top ones is free CBT on the list. So you can start practicing some of what I'm talking about here for working through different events and what types of thoughts you have about them and how you might think in certain types of ways that are uh, distorted and how it all connects to emotions and uh, the events that follow. So you got to do this kind of thing, you know, if you really want to make real progress, like it's not enough just to listen to someone talk. It's not enough just to read a book. You have to put yourself into the exercises. So you got to find something that you're willing to do, whether it's like a phone app or using pen and paper. And even just like you could even just copy my diagrams that are available at my blog, smarterthanbpd.info. Um, and and just sort of erase the um, the words that I have in the information boxes or the circles and just put in your information. And even if you just do like one a day, that will start to really increase your self-awareness and your um, <clears throat> your ability to see things as they're happening in the moments of life which is what you really want. Like when you can see what's happening, you can see, oh, I'm having this intense feeling of fear and it's connected to, you know, a thought that there's um, some catastrophe has happened or is going to happen. Um, and, uh, and what can I do now, right? To, to, to work through this feeling and then and then reconsider my initial thought about the event and try and find out if there's any facts that I have missed, things that I have overlooked, things that I didn't consider in the, in the moment of stress. So you got to ask yourself, like, am I willing to do this kind of work uh, for myself? Am I, am I willing to... Um, figure this out so that I can live a different uh, type of life? Is it something that I really want? Um, 
like you must have again remember when you were a kid and you really wanted to learn how to do something right you like you really wanted to learn how to do some like maybe it was play guitar i was into that for a while too and wow i really wanted to be able to play guitar like my favorite musicians and so that i just you know you get a passion and then once the passion is there you just start doing some of the work to reach the goal of being able to do what you want to be able to do so uh, this is a lot of straightforward kind of i guess encouragement that i'm mentioning but you know something that you might want to keep in mind as you're going along here it can be really discouraging to be in uh, the throes of borderline personality disorder and you can just be sort of thinking um that you're no good because you're having these moments of drama or you know moments of um not being able to think and reason clearly and doing things that make life harder and there can be a lot of judging oneself that happens after the fact right and you could be thinking i should i should know better and i should know that you know not to do these things i should be able to deal with my emotions and so much judgment that could come from thinking that you were uh, were given everything that you needed to learn when you were growing up let me tell you like most people did not receive what they needed to learn in order to be uh totally effective in their life and uh, people with bpd often inherit the intense emotions or they have experienced some trauma early in their life that created some in, uh, intense emotional sensitivity such as fear of abandonment right if uh, you lost a parent or if your parents were chronically unavailable to you emotionally you could easily have a fear of abandonment and that could be you know influencing the way that you interpret the situations of your life so i mean keep that in mind please do take it easy on yourself and um have a look at this model this model is one of the things that has helped me the most in my life and um you know this model in addition to regular practice of mindfulness those are two big things. I mean, I know there's lots of other skills that you can consider in, um, in treating borderline that come from the dialectical behavior theory model. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested in those too, but I, I think that these ones are kind of like the kind of the core, like you've really got to get good at self-reflection and that comes through working with some of these models and uh, practicing a, a meditation mindfulness whatever type of meditation or mindfulness works for you like i often say to people are you you know doing your daily mindfulness sort of like you you brush your teeth every day right it needs to be something that you do consistently so that you can build it up to the point where you have uh, uh, lots of strength that way and it doesn't come quickly there is no like magic recipe or magic bullet to mental health just like there is no magic or really quick recipe to physical health i often make this comparison in my therapy sessions um so i'll say like you know if you go to the gym and you do a few exercises 
with the uh, equipment or otherwise, like, do you get instant results? Um, you have to go back like every day, right? Or every other day, or you have to be consistent for quite a while. And uh, not only with the exercises, but you have to do other skills too, like, like your your uh, what what you put into your mouth right what you eat and so your your nutrition plays a big role in your physical health and you need to be consistent with that too so it's no different in mental health this is like mental health training and you need to be consistent and you get results after you have been consistent with the right tools over a period of time and um i guess you know consulting with people that understand it so that you can be sure that you're doing it in ways that are correct so other than that i'll just say um to find the information about this episode at smarter than bpd.info i'm going to be making a season two um part in the navigation menu so you're gonna have to click on season two and then it'll be episode 11 so you can see what i've written about this and i really really would encourage you to look at the diagrams and read what i wrote about um my own experience with this and um how it has helped me other than that please do um check out everything else available on the site and um come to the discord group if you have any questions that you want to ask me about uh, anything related to bpd or other or otherwise in mental health thanks again for listening and um, please share this podcast with people that you know who may be needing to learn as well okay thanks again and we'll talk to you soon